Today on the news and why it matters, Mick Mulvaney stirring the pot again. Was there quid pro quo? Wasn't there quid pro quo? We got a lot coming up today and I can't even talk. <laughs> it starts right now. Welcome to the News and Why It Matters. Happy Friday. I am Sarah Gonzalez, today joined by Stubergear, who just filled in for three hours uh, on radio earlier. Yes. With, with uh, a sore throat. With a, yeah, uh, so. Been sick all week, and oh. I, my voice is barely holding up. So you're really ready to be here. This. Yes. I'm <laughs> okay. Saying. All right. Jason Howerton, social media guru. Thank you, Gummies Media. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry about that. <laughs> Are you? I've been having, I think it's just allergies, but oh. I, my throat's been bothering me all week. That's what sick people at the office say all the time. I think it's just allergies. Yeah. You, like, people do say that, but, like, I'm the type of person that if I'm sick, I don't try to impress people by going to work. I stay home. <laughs> just stay I home. don't care. And we've got uh, First Liberty's Jeremy Dice back in the house. Thanks for having me. What is... It is Casual Friday. It, I mean... I don't right? think we approve that. No. You always, it's you a, always it's have worn a suit. It's a sign of a lack of respect for <laughs> you, agree. Sarah. I think it's a lack of respect for you. Oh, so you the patriarchy wants to walk in here and just not even wear I a just, jacket. There's nothing I can say. There's <laughs> zero way to get out of this at all. Uh, all right. So Mick Mulvaney, he went and held a press conference. I, who, Jeremy, you said this before the show. Who authorized him to go out there? Yeah, I mean, look, they haven't had a briefing in the White House briefing room for how long? And all of a sudden, this is what comes out of them. Maybe there's a reason why they haven't been having a lot of briefings. Yeah. Uh, so, Stu, I think, did you play the audio during radio? Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, tell us, just kind of summarize the the comments. I have kind of a mashup of what the left is trying okay. to do. Yeah. But tell us what, what the comments actually were uh, first. first of all, my, it's my understanding it was Trump specifically that sent Mulvaney out to I talk mean, about this because he also sends Giuliani out. Yeah, right. So. Like I yeah, it's not always the best idea. Now, I'm a Mulvaney fan generally yeah. speaking. I actually like Mulvaney. He's uh, you know, he was a pretty good congressman and I think he's a generally smart guy. I think he's done a good job with the OMB. He gets himself in a position at the, as a chief of staff to basically have to defend every position and you and some of these are positions he's outwardly disagreed with in Congress. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's a little bit awkward. Uh, but the two things that were kind of that stuck out is first of all he said um, if uh, people are complaining that politics is involved in this foreign policy, get, get over, over it. it. Uh, politics and what? Politics and government? Politics. Yeah, I know, exactly. Uh, yeah, and that that's kind of how I took it too. It's like Politics are part of this. These people are elected. They are elected, generally speaking, um, because they have a political opinion and platform. Um, and then they apply that to foreign policy. I mean, Donald Trump's politics of foreign policy are he wants to withdraw from certain regions. He wants to pressure people with uh, with ch- tariffs. He wants to, you know, it, these are, generally speaking, consistent with what he's, uh, what he's said. And he's applied those all over the place. I don't like all of them. Some of them I like. Some of them I don't. Um, you know, Mulvaney saying that is is... He's being super frank, and he's made a massive mistake in, you know, you're not supposed to be honest in Washington. But, of course, this is always applied the same way it was applied under uh, the Barack Obama administration. Um, he uses he used his power and his politics to support the issues that he liked. I mean, look at the way they utilized the courts. Uh, they constantly were going after, uh, you know, uh, when it comes to Obamacare, the way they pressured, uh, you know, Catholic uh, institutions to try to supply birth control. Mm-hmm. What do you think? Celibate, so? celibate nuns. Celibate nuns. Yeah. Right. And it's like, what do you think that is? That's him injecting politics into that, into the courts. Uh, it's him injecting it into, uh, into different sorts of policy. He does the same thing, of course, with foreign affairs. Um, 
what you know, what they're taking it as is he's saying like, well, I want I'm trying to help my election by doing this, and that's that's another big line. The other one they said was a big line was he basically admitted that there was a quid pro quo, mm-hmm. um, where he says, look, you know, was part of the reason we didn't give Ukraine this money uh, that we wanted a Biden investigation? Oh well, yeah, and he's like, we do that all the time because he was asked specifically by John, John Carl, isn't that a quid pro quo? And he says, it happens all the time. Now, we know it happens all the time because Joe Biden is on camera saying that he did it. And it's actually the basis of this entire Ukraine thing where he says, uh, I'm withholding a billion dollars in, f- in funding um, uh, if, unless you fire this one particular prosecutor. The difference here is specifically the media treats Donald Trump's thing with Biden as only personally beneficial to him and not in the public interest. And they treat Biden's uh, prosecutor situation, which was also tied to his son getting a bunch of money, they treat that as only a patriotic gesture. And if you look through, at it through that prism, absolutely Donald Trump should be impeached. If the only reason he's doing this and the only reason he cares about it is to try to screw over his opponent, well, of course he should be impeached. However, the vice president of the United States being involved in corrupt activities in Ukraine is not something that is at odds with the public interest. Is it nice for politicians when these things happen to align, when personal and public happen to align, as is the case with Biden's policy in Ukraine, as is the case with Trump's policy with Biden? Sure, it's yes. wonderful. What a what a Washington paradise that is. And it happens to happen all the time. Read uh, Secret Empires by um, uh, Peter Schweizer, where he not only outlines uh, all of these things being in, in complete alignment with Joe Biden, which has been the one that's got the publicity, but also Mitch McConnell uh, with his wife, Elaine Chao. Uh, not only there, but also um, all throughout the government, Barack Obama with his uh, w- with multiple levels of his dealing as well. It's very common. Um, I think because Mulvaney was very blunt about it, he probably should have reworded it, and it's why he backed off afterwards. But to me, this is very much priced into government and the Trump administration in, in general. Uh, yeah, and so I want to bring uh, you two gentlemen in, but I want to first, we knew it was coming, <laughs> right? So let's play the way that the left is already portraying this as just this is, this is it. Trump is toast. He's done. Watch. There was no quid pro quo. There was nothing. Did he also mention to me in the past that the, 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 the corruption related to the DNC server? Absolutely. No question about that. There was no quid pro quo at all. To be clear, what you just described is a quid pro quo. We do that all the time with foreign policy. There was no uh, quid pro quo, unlike Biden. That's it. And that's why we held up the money. Jason, your thoughts. Um, well, for, for, firstly, I, I love the edits. Um, they're, they're fantastic. Um, but look, here's the bottom line, and I actually posted about this, that we're, it's so disingenuous to clutch your pearls when government does government things. And um, it, it's both sides of this. It's why people like me are so exhausted with, with the entire exercise. I don't know if I can say it better or more eloquently than Stu said it, but this happens... I think, well, you can. I think the, it's a low, low floor here. We're all ready humans for you, can. Yes, well, humans can. You, you see where I am <laughs> yeah. in, in, the, in the equation. But uh, this happens all the time. And to pretend like it doesn't, it, it's, it's exhausting. You had the CNN banner. I remember when um, uh, Brian Stelter, I think it was, tweeted CNN banner, Trump admits quid pro quo. Like this big, all caps, like it's like this big deal. I'm like, did y'all do that for Biden? Like when, yeah. when, when the Biden video came out or when it re-came out? Yeah. Like I, I still haven't seen that footage on, on those networks, right? 
Uh, and it's just exhausting, and, and it's why you don't, it's why there's no, like, there's no alignment, because I'm not even listening anymore. I've tuned it out, and I know a lot of other people have, and so now I think that's dangerous, because now, again, both sides are just like, shut up, shut up, and then sanity is, is all alone in the middle. Yeah. Jeremy? Yeah, I mean, the fact that it is just a part of government, what do you say, it's priced into the government? Yeah. On that? I think that's probably true, but I, I think I don't hear either of you saying, but I'm okay with that, right? No. It should be done with that. Whether it is the left or the right, it's, it's everywhere. And you're right, it is priced into government. It's a kind of entwined. In. It is the swamp that we were supposed to be getting away from and all these things, and yet we're still having to kind of pull off that. Now, it's been difficult, I think, for the president to actually pull out of the swamp and actually to clear out the swamp because the swamp creates its own swamp monster no matter what happens, no matter what you go in. You're going to get dirty if you go into the swamp no matter what happens on those things. And he may have brought some dirt in on, him, on his own. I don't know. But the reality is it is part of government. It should not be part of government. I don't know if you guys covered this last week or this week with uh, Bill Barr's comments to Notre Dame last week. If you haven't watched mm-hmm. his speech yeah, to Notre Dame, great. you really need to Amazing. go watch or read it or whatever. It's going to be one of the best speeches, in at least in the modern era. In, it, it should be in the top 100 of American government probably. Very well put, because he's saying, look, if government doesn't, if a self-governed people don't have their own moral compass, if there's not a common moral ideal to which we are all pulling, we will then either turn to one of two things as a people. We would either then throw off the shackles of self-government and seek tyranny to, to govern us, to impose those restraints against us. Or, he says, we will go into the form of licentiousness, which is a, a completely self-determined, self-individualized uh, all the appetites are available to us, and we're going to seek them all over the place by themselves. I think we are teetering on both ends of that stick right now, saying that we're either we're seeking this licentiousness, the ability to be able to get whatever quid pro quo, uh, and then pass it off as just uh, this is the way the world works. If it's Biden, Biden's son, or whatever, saying, "Well, yeah, of course I did that, but you know, I didn't really gain anything from it all." Well, come on, everybody knows that you did. Right. Everybody knows that you got it because of your last name, and everybody knows that Donald Trump Jr. gets access because mm-hmm. of his full name yeah. in the whole thing. We need to stop that business, that, that licentious behavior in there, and realize that we're trying to send people that are not necessarily saints into government, but have a restraint that is in, in imposed upon them because they understand there is a higher moral good. This is something we used to in this country call God, mm-hmm. and we ought to maybe get back to that reality that there is something that is higher than government itself to which we owe a duty and a responsibility. If we don't have that responsibility imposed upon us by ourselves, it will be imposed upon us by without. And I, l- I love your, your optimism and your <laughs> idealism that I lost somewhere along the road. <laughs> yeah. Well, I wish I could get back to that. It, but maybe, I, I, maybe you're like me, Jason, because you said I don't hear either of you saying you're okay with it. I'm not okay with that. I expect it. I, right. But, and also, I'm thinking, okay, but... I don't like giving foreign aid to a country that's corrupt. I mean, I don't like giving foreign aid to any country, right? But I don't like giving foreign aid to a country if there's a bunch of corruption going on and dirty stuff. I don't want to give them the money. So, like, I kind of do want to well, withhold. You know what I mean? That's so, a, what, that's, so that's what's happened here, right, is that Congress has has kicked the can to the administration. Yeah. And then they got upset when the administration took the matters into their own hands, right? right. This is kind of what is going on with Trump. They said, here's a bunch of money. Send it to Ukraine. Trump took the money and said, well, I'll give it to you if you will do whatever. Yeah, or something yeah, yeah. Like that. Well, that's because Congress didn't correctly right. identify and, and impose their responsibility of governing right. correctly on that. And they just and that's 
that's continual, whether it's this issue. We talked about this, I think, last week on the, uh, the, the court case before the Supreme Court on redefining the word sex in, in Title VII. They kick the can, they kick the can, they, kick, they don't do what their branch of government is supposed to do. And, though, and so that three-legged three, um, three stool of government is off balance. And people keep on, of course our country is unstable because of that. Well, I think the other problem, real quick, is what Stu said before, which is the media I, gets to... I agree, to, it was a problem what Stu said before. They, they, <laughs> they, they get to interpret Trump's intentions, right? Yes. Is, it, is it within the realm of possibility that when Trump yeah. did this, he really was thinking, you guys are corrupt and forget, you know, forget this money until you, f- you know, figure out. Everything like, he is said Is it possible that he that had good true. intentions, right? Of course it is. Mm-hmm. Is it possible that he had you know, shady intentions? Of course it is. But you don't get to just decide that yeah. I know who Trump is because I'm on CNN. Right. There's a judgment and you're, in. Right. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, look, I, I totally agree with that. And they do the same thing with Biden. They only interpret right. it in a positive way. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and I'm not, as you point out, I'm not arguing the virtue of either. Right. My belief is that both of them had their own personal interests in mind, and that is a problem. You point out one way of a real solution and the, the way it should be solved, which is become a more virtuous people. And I connect with you as well on this. And I have very, very, this is why I argue for a small government that doesn't have power to have the influence to demand these things. I think it's one of the things that the founders did really well. They were a virtuous people, right? Um, but they also understood the fallibility of the human being, right? They understood that, that people would fail. They understood that these things would happen. And it's one of the reasons they gave us control of our lives and not some king who, who would come up with the perfect idea. But also they created a small, a limited government that would not have enough power to be able to have as much influence on our lives as this one does. How about we stop making millionaires out of lawmakers? Yeah. I mean, it's like when, when that's the, the, the end result, you become a millionaire and you, you book deals, like, of course, corrupt people are going to be drawn to that. Like, let's and, stop making a millionaire. Yeah, and that's the way it was at the beginning. Right. right? They, they it's a service, that. right? It's, it's a service. public service. Yeah. It's not a job. All right. Back in a minute. Holding here without my suitcase. Oh, <laughs> it's cold in here. It's always cold in here. That's why he wears the jacket. He didn't try to look nice. Good news, everyone. Uh, Nicolas Maduro, the president of Venezuela, has just won a seat on the UN Human Rights Council. Oh, good. Yes. So he will. Uh, he will be very, very. Uh, I feel like. Fair. Is that for his work um, in the Venezuelan weight loss program that he implemented? <laughs> it must be. It must Good. be. Yeah, they're looking I, really trim over I, there. I mean, are we living in an upside-down world? I realize that the UN is garbage. Um, uh. But uh, in what world can a man who starves his own people and what are they doing with minimum wage right now? They are raising the minimum wage because uh, right. by 275%. Um, because their inflation, oh. the number is like their inflation estimate um, the government won't release one. The op- opposition party is saying it's 100% per year. Um, actual economists are saying it's 33,000% a year. Um, so that's pro- that's a bit of a problem. But they are raising the... Is uh, Milton Bradley printing their number their I, money now? Is pretty that, much, yes. Yeah, okay. uh, if they're lucky. If they're lucky. Uh, yeah, he's in the middle of that. I mean, this is the same organization that did the same thing with Robert Mugabe, though. right? They gave, they gave him uh, the... Uh, he was on the, uh, the Human Rights Commission at one point. Uh, you know, the, the U.N. is garbage, and uh, so it's not really a surprise that they would do this. I, I just... They're not even trying anymore. Well, right, <laughs> but what, 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 what is going on in Venezuela right now is incredible at the same time that we've got 
what Elizabeth Warren, who is she won't say she's a socialist, but she is a socialist. Yeah. Bernie Sanders, obviously a socialist, admits Probably it. So, yeah. All of all of these front runners are pushing these same policies. And we're watching Venezuela burn. Because it's not the real socialism. I don't know how many times I can explain this. <laughs> it's not the real one. The real one will come when we do it. And then when th- <laughs> and that doesn't work, there'll be one more real one. And then by that point, that's the utopia. We have like a few more steps till we get to the utopia, but we're almost oh. like Might I make a detailed case as to why this actually isn't the real socialism? Please. Um, you know, because they talk about uh, Europe and they, they, he just wants European socialism and that's all he wants. So here's, here's this, this is the actual uh, truth. And these are all numbers coming from either Bernie Sanders' campaign or the Congressional Budget Office. Uh, and then there's one that has not have an estimate that uh, Brian Riedel put together, who's uh, from the Manhattan Institute, mm-hmm. his best estimate. So let me give you all of these. This is, these are the proposals, just the proposals, new ones for Bernie Sanders in this campaign. Um, uh, higher public school teacher salaries, $400 billion over the next uh, year. Uh, K-12 education spending, generally, $800 billion more. Um, paid family leave, $1.6 trillion. Infrastructure, one trillion. Um, housing. Now, this is ha- another housing guarantee. Two point five trillion dollars over the next decade. Expanding Social Security, which is already insolvent, but let's expand it more. One point eight trillion dollars. Uh, free public college and uh, tuition, plus for, uh, forgiving all student loans. Uh, that is three trillion dollars. Oh. Then we have um, uh, the. Uh, this one is the amazing one. Fifteen dollars an hour. Guaranteed jobs for everyone. Okay, so that's important. Full benefits and everything else. The estimated cost for that is thirty point one trillion dollars. Now there is an asterisk on this one in that it estimates all sorts of things that are impossible. Um, like for example, someone would work at a regular job for eleven dollars an hour and not just take the government job that is offered to them for fifteen dollars an hour guaranteed. Those are the same people that are returning their guns to Beto. <laughs> yeah, yes, exactly. Those people are. Yeah. Uh, it also doesn't take into it's not just unemployed people that would take these jobs, of course. Um, and so, not, not to mention, would anybody show up? Why would you show up? You can't get fired. It's a guaranteed job. But that's thirty point one trillion. They think it would be another thirty trillion in reality. Yeah. But the thirty point one is the low estimate for that one. Uh, his climate plan is. As you know, it's in a major threat. Yeah. $16.3 trillion over the next decade. Again, these are his numbers. And then Medicare for all, $40 trillion. Grand total, $97.5 trillion over the next decade, plus the extra $30 trillion with a jobs program that is almost guaranteed. Now, to give you, I was making the point on socialism. Right now, our entire budget over the next decade would be $60 trillion. So we're adding another $120 trillion on top of that. Uh, with all government spending combined, this would bring us to $214 trillion, or about 75% of our entire GDP would go to government spending. The average of Europe is 43%. So we'd be at 75 they're at 43% of GDP. It is not the socialism he's talking about. This is hardcore. This is Venezuelan socialism. These levels oh. would, ha- would, by, would necessarily employ about half of the population by the federal government. That is not a. That's not capitalism. No. It's not even close to it. How, how is he? A, how is he allowed to be on a stage or an interview or anywhere without being completely laughed out of the room? Mm-hmm. I don't get it. Like they treat him. Like the closest you get is like, well, how are you going to pay for it? Yeah. And then he gives some nonsense answer. All the billionaires and millionaires. Millionaires. And then that's it. And then that's the Why end of the press. Picking on a guy that just had a heart attack. I mean, <laughs> cold hearted. And he doesn't uh, say millionaires anymore because yeah. he is yeah. one. Because he is uh, one. Because he is one. What did the other guy say though about billionaires? That the billionaires should. 
should not exist. Should not exist, and yeah. he was a billionaire. And he was a billionaire. <laughs> so, I agree. Okay, that Tom. doesn't get picked up by anybody. I mean, why would they pick up on Bernie Sanders, sweet old lovable Bernie Sanders? It's true. And I will say, in this plan, he does propose to pay for a lot of it in taxes. Um, the problem is, uh, is he's leaving out a little bit. Um, they think a 10-year budget gap would be $113 trillion. His taxes would pay for $23 trillion. So we just need to figure out the, you know, the extra $90 trillion or so. No big deal. That's I mean, incredible. Well, that's this all guy's, just the, guy's, guy's in third place, by the way. He's not like out of the race. He's not the. Incredible. You remember Dennis? He's not Dennis Kucinich at zero percent. No. This guy's leading. You know, he's up there in these states. And, and if it wasn't for his heart attack, who knows what he'd be doing? Yeah, that's I, exactly right. And, and look, this not just the, that's just the economic numbers, and that, that is bad enough. And I could say just as a kind of a, a funny quip that at least we'd have a planet. I mean, right? Right. The, yeah. the Green Deal. At yeah, least we exist. We'd solve everything. Right. For sure. But, you know, what about all the other costs that go into this as well? Because you know what happens when the government expands as broadly is all those other individual rights that we love and cherish so much in this world, they have to concede to the burgeoning government that is, that is occupying every corner of our lives. So do we think for one moment that Aaron and Melissa Klein are going to be able to be cake bakers again? Do, do you think that Beto's, uh, you know, telling everybody what they really believe was just a, you know, a one-off thing and not really going to Of course they're going to come after the tax exemptions of churches and synagogues and mosques and everybody else. You have to. That doesn't adhere to their socialized idea of what the good and the right and the beautiful actually is. Um, so this is what you're making the case for, and I think very persuasively, is that, yeah, this is economic Horribleness. We can't even con- you can't even conceive what the actual words are to say how bad it actually would be. Economic uh, terrorism. Yeah. I it can, is. I just don't think they're allowed on television. <laughs> yeah. but, but on top of all that, what you're making the case for is that this is an absolute undercut of anything that we used to know as freedom whatsoever. And when that level of freedom goes away economically, you can be sure that all the rest of the freedoms go away. And you know, okay, I'm the religious liberty guy at the table. I get it. I'm going to make my point because that's what I, I do. But there's a reason why the First Amendment is the first of the amendments, mm-hmm. right, is to say, no, you can't have this one. Well, if the government can occupy every other aspect of life, it is itself God and it has to be worse. It cannot have any competitor to that, uh, that environment. Yeah. Great point, Liberty Guy. Back in a minute. And combine it with the first conversation, if the corruption is like this now, imagine what it is Hey, uh, we have winners. We have winners for the uh, the contest that we ran. Me? Did I win? You did. It was you. Nice. Yeah. Uh, and we will be we will be contacting you guys later today. So look, check your inboxes, and don't hate me if you didn't win. I'm sorry. I don't. I don't. I didn't pick. Uh, also, don't forget about the M1 ball that's coming up. It is October 26th. Go to mercuryone.org. Get your tickets there. I think it's slash M1 ball. Uh, I'm going to be there. I'm emceeing. Of course, Glenn and Tony are going to be there. We're going to have food, drinks, music. It's going to be a blast. Go get your tickets. Overtime starts now. 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 Next. Now. Up next, enjoy bonus overtime content from the news and why it matters. Available exclusively for podcast listeners and Blaze TV subscribers. Not a subscriber? Start your free trial at blazetv.com. So police confiscated firearms of a Korean War veteran. He was 84 years old after a waitress misheard a conversation that he had. Um, and let's see. So he, they thought that he was making a threat. 
And then apparently he was not making threats. He's, he's a crossing guard. Yeah. He's, he's the sweet old guy at the crossing guard yep. at your local school that makes sure kids don't get hit by a car. Yep. Right. And he's a Korean War veteran, so he's, you know, he's in a wired shop. that way. Mm-hmm. He goes to the coffee shop, I presume, after he's been to the crossing car thing. But he sees the school resource officer, like, every day leaving the school to go to the local gas station to get a cup of coffee or something like that. And he's critical about it. Mm-hmm. And I think what he says is overheard is that, man, somebody could, you know, go and shoot up that school if the resource officer's not there. Right. And busybody waitress. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the busybody waitress interprets that as a threat. Yeah. Like, this old guy is going to run over there. And, and so they go to his house. They threaten him with arrest because they, they, they threaten him to say, you've just committed a felony. I don't know exactly why, but what, threatening a school or something like that, but whatever. They take all of his guns. They take away his license to carry. They, they just take all this stuff away from this guy and threaten to throw this 85-year-old crossing guard in jail because he happened to be critical of the school resource officer. And his guns are still going to be sold. Yeah. yeah, right. But they're like his son, son is going to get them or something like that. Yeah. Oh, okay. So his son okay. runs a gun shop, I believe, and right, is but- going to take them and sell them, which is a completely unacceptable outcome. They're his guns. Right. right, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, well, so he's going to take them and still sell them. Uh, so they're still being taken from him, even though yes, this was he can't this was he set. can't keep them right. So this is Martha's Vineyard. Uh, if you don't uh, know Martha's Vineyard, very like uh, you know elite island uh, off the coast of Massachusetts. Uh, it's where Barack Obama just bought this really expensive house, which is you know, <laughs> which I, I, was a bad investment when you think that the world is going to be underwater. Yeah, when, yeah, when you don't buy things on islands, when you think climate change is going to ruin the world, but that's a whole other story. Bad investment. Uh, yeah, it is. Um, but yeah, I mean, like this is a guy who has served the community for six decades. Mm-hmm. Six decades, and here he is getting losing his Second Amendment right uh, over nothing. Now, look, I, I, you know, it, busybody is probably a fair, um, uh, you know, description. I mean, it could be that she really believed it, right? Like maybe she really did think it, and like it, maybe she thought she heard something else. And you know, like I understand, like you know, I have kids in school. Like I, if someone, if someone overhears that, I hope they do say something. But like, sort it out. Yeah, the Use some common the sense afterwards, right. right? You go, you talk to the guy. Is he, you know, like, there's no reason for this to happen. But I mean, you know, Massachusetts is your future. Martha's Vineyard is the future of Massachusetts, and Massachusetts is the future for all of us if we keep going down. Because this road. the future is run by white elite liberals who don't care about your mm-hmm. freedoms. That is the future that and we have. And former public servants that can afford a mansion on Martha's Vineyard. Correct. Mm-hmm. This is also the future with, uh, you know, red flag laws. Right, if those are put that's into place. Great example. I mean, oh, that's it, a great example. Yeah, we saw Eric Swalwell, um, uh, which is the first time anyone's noticed Eric Swalwell. Um, but uh, <laughs> thank you, uh, Swalwell, who ran for president for a hot minute. Um, he, uh, when Ben Shapiro came out and he made the comments about like, you come to take my children from my house for no reason. I'm going to meet you at the door with a gun, which is like, you know, very American sentiment. You know, I, they're my kids, not yours. Um, and he said. What, well, that, you know, as trying to be a wise guy on Twitter, hey, this would be a great use of these uh, red flag laws. And it's instead made the perfect case against them. Of course, you're going to find all your political opponents uh, as violating the red flag laws. That's how these things are going to work over and over and over again. And we have due process here. I believe you might know something about this, Jeremy. You know, due process is a thing. We're supposed to... It used to be a thing. It used to be a thing. I mean, well, it's it supposed to be, to be a thing. So, I mean, look, okay, I'm going to nerd out for a minute on the law. <laughs> yes, but let's do it. The, you used to have the procedural due process and you used to have the substantive due process, or at least there was a, a there's an argument that there are two of those two things existing. We are more concerned about the substantive due process than we are about the procedural due process. Procedural due process meaning before I take your guns from you, we're going to have a hearing, we're going to mm-hmm. figure out whether or not you've actually violated the law, and you're afforded to be able to have an attorney and, and to make your case for all that. 
The substance of due process is what we've been so fixated upon for the last 30 years of saying, well, uh, is there this thing called equality that everybody has to be able to have the right to be married regardless of who they love? They're all shoehorning all that down through the area of substance due process that we've forgotten all about this procedural side of things at all. We've elevated this idea that there is like a substance, like a substantive right to due process Mm -hmm. rather than this ability to actually be heard before an 85-year-old Korean War veteran loses his guns for good. Maybe he's, he shouldn't be having them at the age of 85. I don't know. But that's not my call to make. It's not the government's call to make, for sure. And maybe it's the kid's call to make at the very best. But for goodness sakes, I hope that I was wrong by calling that waitress a busybody and that, that she was actually genuinely concerned. And if I am, of course, I apologize. And I would not want that to be on anybody's conscience on that kind of thing. But we're a little bit too involved in everybody's... Look, when the government comes through and actually has that 97 or $120 trillion government bill or whatever that Bernie's contemplating, do you think that we're not going to be tattling on each other? I mean, look at China right now. That's mm-hmm. what they do. They have to tattle on each other. I'm using the elementary term there, right? They tell on each other, say, yeah, that guy's worshiping and he's not supposed to be. You better put him in jail. Mm-hmm. That's the kind of government, when, when government so occupies the field of your life, that's what happens. Watch it. You're gonna, LeBron's going to be very upset if he finds out you're talking about China. We're <laughs> not educated about yes. the situation. Let's read up a little bit before well, you talk about China. We have another case uh, that it kind of goes along with just the legal process and how uh, messed up it is. An Oklahoma man was sentenced to 15 years in prison last week. Now, he had pled not guilty um, for two months. He was, Of course, he was in jail, right? And then after two months of being in jail, he changed his plea to guilty, and they sentenced him to 15 years in prison for cocaine possession. Now, two days after the sentence was handed down, he uh, withdrew his guilty plea because it turned out lab results came back and it was actually powdered milk, (laughs) as he had told the officers that it was because he was a homeless man who just got powdered milk from the food pantry. So, Jeremy, tell me how he is detained in jail for two months, sentenced, goes through the process, and is sentenced to 15 years in prison before they get the lab results back to verify that. How does that happen? Because too many people use the excuse, oh, yeah, man, it was just powdered milk. Right? <laughs> <laughs> and, and, They're like, yeah, we are, we've heard that one before, yeah, kid. And I'm going to look on a serious note. Maybe it was actually you had... Uh, a, a, a system in place that you know didn't test it, or they've had so they did much a field test and it came back positive. They, they say apparently well, I mean, look, the the, the don't buy report. that powdered milk is what that comes down to because that's going to be. We need to know the company of that powdered milk. Milk then, so it does not. Pow, that powdered milk does not do a body good. I'm telling you that right now. No. So the officer apparently he wrote in his notes in his report that the field test tested positive for cocaine, but I don't know that that we know that they actually Look, I, I did it, re- right? I want to reserve some judgment for the fact that there may have actually been not only an error, but a malicious error that had gone on here. Something's not adding up to this whole thing. Yeah. But the fact that somebody actually copped to the plea on this, there's other discussions going on with the prosecutor about how much worse this could have been. So he clearly said, well, this is a better deal for me. And at least it, my guess is it was evidence of a guilty conscience at the very least. If he wasn't guilty of actually possession of cocaine, Maybe there was something else that he just didn't want them to find out, or had maybe no, they knew about. Or just wanted to get out after of two months. Though, yeah. it might just be like you know, you start saying. I mean, we've seen cases like this where people will go and you start saying things. And you know, sometimes I'm in prison, and no, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, sometimes people do get to that point where they're just they just 
wind up confessing to crimes that they don't uh, actually commit because they want to just get out of the situation. I mean, yeah. it happens a lot shorter time mm-hmm. uh, than two months sometimes. I will say, though, you're, you know, you're right. Like, it's, it's, a, it's, it's not something you can ever picture yourself doing. You know, a lot of the people who... You know, cover like the 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 science of uh, of the the mind of a criminal and, and people who are in these situations will say that it, yep. everyone has their breaking point on that. I don't know if that's true, um, but it does seem that if if it tested positive on on site, yeah. if there actually was a positive test, it doesn't seem possible it could come back as powdered milk after the official test. Like I don't know, maybe can, I'm. Maybe. Can, can we at least talk about that throwing a homeless guy in jail for cocaine for fifteen years? probably isn't the greatest use of taxpayer dollars. Yeah they, yeah, they charged him for felony drug trafficking because of the amount of powdered milk that he had. So I missed that little fact. He was homeless? Yeah, that's what so I said he was homeless. That very well could be. The, there's, there is an actual psychological trend here of people that are homeless that say, I don't want to be on the street anymore and will try to get so, jail time for this kind of thing. But after two months, though, if, I mean, if that was the case, wouldn't you just be like, well, yeah, I did it. I did it. <laughs> Throw Maybe, me in jail. I don't know. I, I don't, I don't. It's interesting. The I mean, situation is rough. It does. It, I will say seems it does not seem like justice is carried out here. Right. Uh, if he's, so are they saying that because he pled guilty, he now has to serve the time in theory? No. Or they are letting him out. I believe, well, I, I, it didn't say in the article. I mean, I, I assume that they're going to let have, him reverse yeah, the he, Well, because so. he, yeah. he withdrew his guilty plea. Yeah. So, right? yeah they, so, they would have to go back through the process and figure out, okay, if you've withdrawn. There's, there is a procedure for this. Let's hope that the procedures were all followed. Well, on. but how could yeah. they have? But that's my question is how could all the procedures have been followed when you have a sentencing taking place before lab results yeah, well, come back? I, yeah, okay, so... I mean, you you won't he, like even, this. If, even if he, well, this is a genuine question. Even if he pleads guilty, shouldn't you still have to have that on record before? Not necessarily. But he, not he says he did it, and you don't really have to test, right? I I mean, guess. Yeah, but where was his attorney in all of this? Yeah. And who was his attorney in all this? My guess is that he probably did not pick the guy that went to Harvard to be his attorney, and, and right. probably was not someone that had. You didn't know, go to First Liberty, defender. I'll tell you that. <laughs> probably not. I hope not. Um, so, I mean, there, there was. There may be an ineffective assistance of counsel claim to use the really fancy jargon on things, but that's unfortunate that someone actually has to go through the whole process and they should have been afforded the right justice in the first place if that was in fact yeah, the case. Yeah, we know both things happen, right? Like sometimes, you know, something gets out of control and we don't, we don't understand why. Sometimes, you know, police make bad decisions. We've mm-hmm. talked about that this week. On the other side, there's a lot of times where these stories seem like blatantly obvious miscarriages of justice and you find out later on that maybe they weren't. I mean, you have to reserve judgment a little bit here, but the bottom line is if the test comes back, you shouldn't have to wait two months for a test. I think if you're saying I'm innocent, it's powdered milk, mm-hmm. and they're saying no, it's cocaine. Mm-hmm. First of all, bring it to an, maybe someone else can snort it. Let's see what happens. Bring it to Jeffy; he'll snort it. He'll snort anything. You're um, just going right to snorting. I mean, <laughs> hot cup of water, put the powdered milk in, stir. Right. It's probably not. Yeah, I don't know what cocaine does in that situation, but it probably doesn't turn into milk. Right? <laughs> I'm yeah, you know, right? I'm going to say no. Um, so, I mean, you got to do some basic. You should not. He should not be having to wait for two months to figure out that the test uh, exonerates him. That that does seem like a miscarriage of justice a little bit. Uh, Yesterday's poll question, what is the biggest issue for 2020? 50% of you, you're right, immigration won. 25% said the economy. 14% said gun rights. 11% said health care. That's good news for Trump. Yeah, no kidding. And, well, it is a very highly scientific poll. Yes, I mean, it is our, you know, the audience of the blaze. I will say, like, it's interesting, though, that you would have um, uh, health care be so low. It's the number one thing that the Democrats are talking about, for sure. 
which is fascinating considering it's their current plan that is in effect, that they're saying is so bad that they have to fix. I don't think it's their Obamacare. base even agrees that that's the highest issue right now. No. I bet you if you did an actual poll, a scientific poll, that they would say that's third maybe on the list. Hmm. Wow. I, I caught that diss to our poll. Just an actual scientific just, poll. You just dissed your own poll. And I'm getting, it's because of the jacket, right? It's it is. Right? I'm offended. I've lost all authoritativeness in this show. Today's poll, who is the most corrupt? Here are your options. Adam Schiff, Joe Biden, Hillary Clinton, or Donald Trump. Hillary running away. Hillary running away with it. Is, is it she? So? It's got to be Hillary. It's got to be Hillary. I don't know. Well, Joe Biden. Shifty Shift is coming She's pretty close. Really, yeah. Think about all the stuff but that Hillary's Schiff done. Shift is life, like though. dishonest, corrupt. Hillary is like full on. Yeah. Her whole killing life. Killing heart, heart, you know, killing what's his face in jail. Jeffrey Epstein in jail it's the one thing they've ever done I agree with that's, that's <laughs> the best thing Fair. the Clinton so family's ever done about who's the most conspiratorial person at the blaze when's that poll coming out I want to know because there's a there's it's a, actually at the Lady Gaga concert <laughs> <laughs> you can't comment <laughs> let us know what you think uh, you can go to the blaze's twitter that is at the blaze thank you for being here gentlemen we'll see you guys Monday <laughs> so stupid <laughs> Thanks for listening to the news and why it matters. We hope you enjoyed the podcast. If you'd like to watch the program, become a Blaze TV subscriber and start your free trial now at blazetv.com.